Frontline starting pitching is clearly the biggest need for the Boston Red Sox right now. But what else can the team accomplish at the winter meetings? Find out on today's Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. And honestly, who doesn't love free? So you might as well listen, right? Hopefully you're starting your week off right by tuning into Locked on Red Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's winter meetings day. Winter meetings open up today and go for the next few days in Nashville. Typically now with all the technology, a lot of deals are made through call and text. But the winter meetings are a time when teams can really meet with players in person, maybe get some deals done. So the Red Sox haven't made a ton of moves yet. They've signed a couple minor league players. They traded Louis Urias for a minor league pitcher, Isaiah Campbell. But that was the biggest splash they've made so far. I know they're in conversation with a lot of different players, but fans seem to be starting to get a little anxious as to when they're actually going to make a move. And maybe the winter meetings are the time for them to make that happen. Now, I'm not overly concerned yet because it's not like a lot of the high-end free agents have gone off the board yet. In terms of pitching, the biggest one to be unavailable is Aaron Nola, who re-signed with the Phillies. Sonny Gray is also off the board. But overall, there's a lot of pitchers who are still available, specifically Yamamoto and Jordan Montgomery, as well as Blake Snell, three starters that I feel the Red Sox should be prioritizing come the rest of this offseason. But you never know what teams are having conversations with these guys, what kind of money they're being offered by different teams. I have no doubts that the Red Sox will put the money down and be willing to spend on a player that they feel is worth it. But who they feel is worth it might not be the same player that you feel is worth it. So it comes down to are they on the same page with everybody else in the organization is Craig Breslow on the same page as John Henry 
and the rest of the Red Sox front office personnel to know who they want to spend money on, who they think it's worth spending money on, and how they want to distribute that money. It seems like everybody's in agreement that they are willing to spend on frontline starting pitching, which is exactly what they should do, and that is the priority, and they need to work on that and focus their emphasis primarily on that. Yamamoto is still the top free agent pitcher. The Red Sox certainly have an advantage over some other teams to land him because he is former teammates with Masataka Yoshida. So maybe he wants to play in a place where he's familiar with somebody else currently on the team because from a clubhouse and comfortability standpoint, it could really help him. I think the Red Sox could have more of a leg up to land him than it might appear or people might think they do. So hopefully part of what the Red Sox are discussing at the winter meetings has to do with Yamamoto. I also hope that they are continuing those conversations with Jordan Montgomery. And I know I've emphasized that I would like Montgomery in Boston, but I've been saying that if he is the number two starter because he had a great run with the Rangers during that World Series 2023 run that they had. But that was just a great run for him. And he just pitched the best he's ever pitched in a long time. And overall, if you look at his career numbers in general, he's more of a number two starter, much less than an ace. So if the Red Sox do sign Montgomery, they can't sign him and have him be the only guy and think he's the guy that's going to solve all the problems. I think it would be nice to have Montgomery on that pitching staff because right now he is a better starting pitcher than anybody the Red Sox had in their rotation in 2023, but he's not an ace. So if they do sign Montgomery, they need to pair him with somebody who actually is an ace like Yamamoto or if they decide not to go with Montgomery and they want to sign Blake Snell he also needs to be treated like a number two or number three and there needs to be a higher caliber starter ahead of him they're putting all of their eggs most likely into the Yamamoto basket when it comes to an ace but they kind of have to he's the top starting pitcher on the market they don't want to miss out so They have to prioritize starting pitching, and I have to believe that that's something that could be worked out during those winter meetings. Something else that I'd like to see Boston work on during these winter meetings this week is the upgrade at defense, second base primarily. The Red Sox middle infield defense was pretty scary in 2023, and they lost a lot of games because of their poor defense I've mentioned Whit Merrifield. He could be a second base option that the Red Sox could consider because he's a veteran. He has a lot of experience. We know what we're getting from him. He's a good defensive second baseman, and he could provide that leadership in the clubhouse that the Red Sox really are lacking with no Justin Turner right now. So that's certainly an option. He's not a superstar at the plate, but the Red Sox don't really need him to be because 
they need to bring in somebody at second base who primarily can play defense well. That should be the priority when it comes to acquiring a middle infielder because they already have a ton of talent on the offense. So I wouldn't want them to focus more on getting a second baseman that is the best hitter in the world, but it doesn't really solve the defensive issue because the offense isn't what I'm worried about. So if they can get Merrifield, I think he could provide that balance of being an elite defender at second base and also a guy who will get the job done offensively. Another interesting name that's come up for Boston is the Angels' Brandon Drury. People have been talking about the Red Sox maybe trading for him. There have been reports saying it could happen. He ranked in the top 10 among second basemen in outs above average this past season. Um I'm sure there are other options that are outside the box that we might not be thinking of, but Craig Breslow could be talking to. Um, but Drury could be an option because defensively, you know he's going to provide what the Red Sox need. One thing I will say is Craig Breslow has suggested here and there that the team would be comfortable rolling with their internal options at second base, which right now are primarily Emmanuel Valdez, Pablo Reyes, maybe Sadam Rafaela, but I'm thinking maybe they'll stick him more in the outfield. Kind of depends on where they see fit. And then also David Hamilton, who got some time at the majors in 2023, but not really enough to the point where I'd feel confident in him being the primary second baseman. So I'd like them to bring in somebody else. I'm a big fan of Pablo Reyes, but can they bring in somebody who's a better defender? Yes, they absolutely can. They need to prioritize that defense, particularly if they plan to have Devers and Casas stay on the corners, which they have basically stated that they intend to do so. So not only do they need to focus their emphasis on starting pitching during these winter meetings, but another thing I'd like to come out of it is that they either define that second base position, bring in somebody that they feel can play defense in that position well, and be able to provide value at the plate as well. And I want it to either be clearer that they're heading in the direction of the right person, or I want them to have a definite answer on what second base is going to look like. So I'm hoping the winter meetings can clear all of that up. And coming up next, I'm going to be talking about a couple other priorities that I'd like to see Boston heavily emphasize during these winter meetings this week. Are you a big sports gambler? Have you gotten involved in it a little bit, but aren't at the point where you feel like you're an expert yet? Or have you not tried at all and you're thinking about joining? Whatever your level of sports gambling is, FanDuel has you covered. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 150 bucks in bonus bucks. That alone is enough of an incentive to join FanDuel. I've always found that the people who bet on FanDuel usually are pretty successful. My fiance, I can speak to from personal experience, has really gotten himself into sports betting over the last couple months. And in that time, he's been able to win a lot of money on betting on different sports, mixing up his parlays to the point where he's maybe making a football bet to go along with a couple basketball bets and giving himself a better chance to win money. So if you want to win a lot of money, FanDuel has you covered from that standpoint. You know what also has you covered? The SiriusXM app. If you download that app, you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone so you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch. That's right. I mean, 162 games is a lot of games to keep up with, and the chances of you being able to sit and watch every single game live is pretty slim because we all have lives and we all do things. So if you can't sit and watch the whole entire game live, you can at least still feel like you're kept up with the action by listening to it. So download the SiriusXM app today and they will have you covered. I'm currently talking about the winter meetings, which start today in Nashville, and what I'd like to see the Red Sox gain out of this week in those winter meetings. They'll be going further in negotiations with players. I'm sure a lot of the initial conversations with the players they're interested in have already happened, and they're now at the point where they're trying to solidify some deals and make things happen. So the question becomes, what do we want them to make happen? I've already mentioned that prioritizing starting pitching as well as solidifying second base to improve the defense should be the biggest priorities. The next thing that I'd like the Red Sox to prioritize is solidifying the offense at DH or in the outfield. The Red Sox need to figure out what they want to do offensively when it comes to filling the roles of Justin Turner and Adam Duvall. There was reported that the Red Sox have been in conversations with Duvall about a potential return. It could be absolutely huge for Boston. He was one of their best bats in 2023. Obviously, he was injured for part of the season and couldn't play in some games during that span. But to open the season... He was on an absolute tear, and then he also went on a big tear right when he got back from the IL as well. So bringing Duvall back could provide an offensive spark, but say the Red Sox don't have Justin Turner or Adam Duvall back, that is a hole offensively that they're missing, and I don't necessarily think they should look at the second base position to try to fill those shoes offensively because a lot of the great defensive second basemen that are available that could be a possibility aren't necessarily the best hitters that they could get. And Justin Turner was the most consistent hitter in the Red Sox lineup in 2023. Whenever you needed a big hit, Turner had you covered and you could go about watching a game and seeing him come up to the plate and feeling pretty good about what he's going to bring to the table and him being able to get that big hit that the Red Sox need to drive in runs. 
So if the Red Sox don't end up having Duvall or Turner on the opening day roster, they do need to figure out who they are going to have replace that bat. Breslow also has indicated in reports that he wants to acquire a designated hitter who can play multiple positions, but didn't necessarily say they wouldn't bring Justin Turner back. So there's possibilities of what they could do. Another option that's been discussed is they could move Yoshida to DH and then replace him with a stronger defensive left fielder. Yoshida had a good offensive season in 2023. Great, no, but good, yes. What I'm worried about with him is have pitchers figured him out by now because he absolutely crushes fastballs, but he struggles significantly on the off-speed pitches. So it does make me a little bit nervous making him a full-time DH because then he has to really work on being able to hit more pitches than what he's showing he can do. So if they go that route, then they are going to have to focus on working with him to be able to hit other pitches or he's not going to be a successful DH and he's not going to be able to provide value there. But they have to add some more power to the lineup alongside Devers and Casas. It's really not an option for them not to. An option that could be interesting is Eddie Rosario. If the Red Sox do decide that they want to move Yoshida to be more of a DH regularly and not play as much in the outfield, Eddie Rosario could be a good shorter-term option to replace him in left field. He's also a pretty good hitter who you kind of know what you're getting. Won't be that home run heavy hitter that the Red Sox don't have a lot of, but he can get himself on base and he plays better defense in left field than Yoshida. Overall, he has a career slash line of a 268 batting average, 305 on base percentage, and 460 slugging. And he has 159 homers in 1,030 career games. He was a very important contributor to some of the Braves' recent success, too, but wasn't talked about as much. He actually won NLCS MVP for his performance against the Dodgers in the 2021 playoffs. And in 2023, he had a pretty solid year at the plate. He had a 255 batting average, 305 on base percentage, and 450 slugging with 21 homers, which marked the fourth time in the six seasons he's played 100 games that he's hit at least 20 homers. So he has a good variety of things he can do at the plate, which I like. He's also a right-handed bat in a very lefty-heavy lineup. So he could provide value from that standpoint, but he also can play defense well in the field. So he's a little bit of a sneaky candidate that the Red Sox could look into. His three outs above average last season were the third best among all left fielders. So that's another promising thing to him, but it would certainly be an overall upgrade over Yoshida in the outfield, not just for that reason. So that's somebody that the Red Sox could look into as they try to explore the outfield situation and solidify what they want to do at offense at DH or in the outfield if they want to bring in a DH or if they want to bring in an outfielder and move Yoshida to DH. Those are the two likely options for that.
while going over the biggest priorities for Boston, could they swing some trades during the winter meetings? Find out next. Very exciting announcement that I have to let you know about. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This is a huge opportunity for Lockdown because no other network does this. Lockdown is the first network to have a 24-7 sports streaming service. So this means that if you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube, if you're ever at a point where you're not caught up in what's going on in sports, you can actually catch up on that at any time of day, no matter what time zone you're in, by going to Lockdown Sports Today, the constant 24-7 stream. So I highly recommend you checking that out. Also, don't forget that Lockdown Red Sox is available to you on your favorite podcast platform Monday through Friday. Lockdown is your team every day. So I am here for you every day reacting to moves that are made or lack thereof. Let's hope not. Anything that goes on with the Red Sox when the season starts, let's hope is not as up and down as it was in 2023. And my emotions can be a little more intact. But either way, I'm here for you with all of the action. Continue to leave a review, leave a rating, share it with your friends and family, and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox, as well as me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10. And we can continue the conversation that way about the Red Sox because who doesn't love connecting with other fans of their fan base? I always enjoy hearing from other Red Sox fans and seeing their opinions on different things and having those types of discussions. So follow me on Twitter and we can continue the conversation that way. And don't forget to download the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone. So that way you don't have to miss a single pitch of any game. Isn't that fantastic? You don't have to worry about missing a single pitch and you can feel like you're in the loop on everything that's going on. So Make sure to do that today as well. We are here. The winter meetings have come upon us. I am discussing biggest things to expect from the winter meetings from the Red Sox, what I'd like to see come out of it. I'd like to see some more decisiveness overall, more reported direction being made towards acquiring certain players based on the needs they have and not just initial reports of the Red Sox are expected to be interested in this player and not really a lot of traction being made, it appears. So I'd like to see more traction be made with players at the winter meetings and maybe even some signings come out of it. One thing that does happen during the winter meetings is the Rule 5 draft. This basically takes place Wednesday morning before the meetings conclude. The Red Sox recently protected pitchers Louis Perales and Wickelman Gonzalez last month. So that basically means they cannot be chosen by another team in the Rule 5 draft. But among the notable unprotected players is pitcher Shane Drohan, who is a promising pitching prospect for Boston. Basically, him going unprotected by the Red Sox means he's eligible to be taken by another team in the Rule 5 draft. Now, 
The Red Sox have had success in recent years in drafting during the Rule 5 draft. The most notable player as of late is when they acquired Garrett Whitlock from the Yankees ahead of the 2021 season. And Whitlock has been great overall for this Red Sox team and has been very valuable, particularly out of the bullpen. At this time last year, the Red Sox lost Noah Song to the Phillies before they ended up reacquiring him when he failed to stick on the Phillies' big league roster last summer. So if he doesn't end up on the team's roster for a certain amount of time, he basically ends up back in the organization that he was originally with prior to going to that team. So because he wasn't on the Phillies' big league roster, the Red Sox got Song back. So that's part of the reason he wasn't protected this year. The Rule 5 draft, the Red Sox could definitely try to take advantage of. If there's a player that they feel has the talent to compete in their system, they can draft a player like that. I'm particularly, if I'm them, trying to keep an eye on pitching prospects. The farm system has gotten significantly better over the last few years and has really shown improvement, but they still lack in the pitching department down at the minors. So I would love to see them take a talented pitching prospect. If the opportunity arises, the Red Sox do need to think about their pitching for the future. They need to go out and spend money this offseason on pitching, but those guys that they come in and sign aren't going to be around forever. So eventually they do need to feel like they can rely on pitchers in their system to come up and contribute at a high level. So because of that, I'd love to see the Red Sox take some pitching in the Rule 5 draft. They also could swing some trades this week during the winter meetings. Breslow has already said that there have been teams who have called about Alex Verdugo in potential trade scenarios. Jaron Duran is another name that's popped up that could be a player to be moved because he had such a good season this year. So his value is high. So if they want to trade him, they should trade him now when his value is higher, especially because of the surplus of outfielders the team has. So it might make sense to move him unless they really feel strongly about him sticking in this organization to continue to dominate the way he did in 2023. Tanner Houck could be somebody to part ways with if it means bringing back a controllable pitcher that will contribute longer term to the starting rotation. Houck is somebody that we could see the Red Sox maybe move this offseason. I don't think they're attached to the idea of keeping him. And with the way that he struggled to get through the third time of a lineup, I wouldn't be super upset if he gets traded, especially if it's for a pitcher that could be an upgrade from him. And there's other players like top prospects, Marcelo Meyer, Kyle Teal, and Roman Anthony, who are off the table, according to the Red Sox. But there are other prospects that could be moved. You never really know with somebody new coming in and taking over baseball operations what it's going to look like. But those three players, in my opinion, should be unmovable. And the Red Sox have kind of expressed they're unmovable. But there could be other top 10 prospects that the Red Sox could part ways with if it means getting players that they need to help fill their needs. Breslow doesn't seem afraid to part ways with people like Nick York, Miguel Blaze, and Sadon Rafaela, all talented prospects 
who could potentially be moved for pitching. I think Breslow would pull the trigger if it was the right move and wouldn't be afraid to move players, unlike Heim Bloom, who was more the type of guy who wanted to protect the prospects in the system. I don't think Breslow has that same mindset. So we could see guys like that moved. I know one popular name that could be on the trade market is Brewers pitcher Corbin Burns. It would be interesting to see if he ends up actually getting moved this offseason because the Red Sox could go for him. He could be a fit and has had a successful career so far. So maybe the Red Sox go after him, trade some prospects for him. Either way, I do see the Red Sox probably making a trade or two. I'm sure they'll continue to look in free agency, but if there's a player they really like on the trade market, I think they would pursue it. And, you know, you never really know. There could be some under-the-radar free agents the Red Sox might acquire. Lucas Giolito is a pitcher who overall has had a pretty good season. He could be a secondary arm they decide to add to the rotation. Even if they sign Yamamoto or Montgomery, I'd prefer it to be Yamamoto and either Montgomery or Giolito or Blake Snell. But theoretically, he could be an under-the-radar player that the Red Sox could sign. Michael Lorenzen is a veteran right-hander who could be a middle-to-back-of-the-rotation option for the Red Sox if they want somebody to eat some innings. He would not be by any means a high-end starter that the Red Sox get, but he could be more of a back-end guy. So there are some sneaky players the Red Sox could acquire. They need to just keep their eye on the prize, stay locked in, and focus on the job at hand which is primarily starting pitching. Another interesting thing was it was reported the other day that the Cleveland Guardians are open to training closer Emmanuel Classe. That's a thought for the Red Sox because obviously Jansen is a closer and he's a step up from anything they've had as of late because he actually legitimately has closed games, but he's not a longer term option. Classe would be a great fit be interesting to see if the Red Sox try to pursue him too. So lots of things could happen this week at the winter meetings, but I hope that ultimately what essentially comes out of it is that there's a little bit of a clearer direction in terms of where the Red Sox are going. As always, keep the faith, go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.